to the Toast Podcast, the show where we talk about innovation, farming, agribusiness, and have a toast to the people that cultivate the food for our communities and our world. Today, I have a very special guest. He is the heavyweight champion of the world. It's not Tyson Fury. It's not Mike Tyson. No. He is the heavy machinery champion of the world. Let me introduce you to the CEO and my friend from Westside Equipment, Robert Huckabee. Thanks for having me on the show today. Oh, thanks for having me in. Always fun to come and uh, talk about our business. Yeah. Uh, you came up from Bakersfield then today. What were you doing down there? Um, you know, we were, uh, we were attending a grower event. We have a, a, new, a new sales team coming on board for Bakersfield. And so we were, uh, we were attending a grower event and getting, uh, getting them introduced to the community. You said a, a new sales team in Bakersfield, or at least one person. Is that a region that you guys are looking at growing into? It is. So we we do not currently have a location um, in the Bakersfield region, and so we uh, we brought on a regional sales manager, and we are going to bring on two additional salespeople that will report to him. Uh, with our plans of having a, a storefront open down there sometime before February first. Perfect. So you're trying to get in. So uh, if you got any sh- late shaking or anything like that for mummies on pistachios or uh, starting next season really hard. I'm going to guess you're not going to have a lot of tomato stuff down there, or are you guys planning on having the full line? You know, we're going to concentrate on pistachios and our, our new VMEC line for the for the grape pruning. Um, we do a little bit of tomato business down there, so we'll, we'll have a little bit of inventory down there to support those customers, but, uh, but it's really going to be focused in on pistachios and the grapes. Nice. So I, you see we're in Bakersfield today. I believe you spent a lot of your time in Bakersfield building your career. Um, you know, a, a lot of people might not know your background, but when I first met you and started to hear a lot about it, extremely impressive. I think you're a, a really good CEO to look up to throughout the industry. And, uh, you know, I've seen that you've come from like a farming background for a lot of your career. And then you kind of moved into the really large agribusiness side. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. My, uh, my grandfather was a farmer, so I grew up with, uh, grew up with him, uh, started farming with him when I was in high school and college, and uh, just kind of grew to love ag. Um, from there I went on, I worked for uh, some of the bigger corporate farms down in Bakersfield. I worked for Bolthouse, uh, Grimway, and then the Wonderful Company uh, before I jumped over here and, and took on this uh, the CEO role with, uh, with uh, Westside Equipment. What was your what was your grandpa farming? Uh, he was mainly a potato farmer, but he also did carrots, and uh, he taught me how to grow carrots, and that's how I ended up uh, moving over to Bolt House and becoming a carrot farmer for them. Very nice. So, uh, recent acquisition, I believe it was in June. You guys uh, started moving outside of just pistachios, just tomatoes. And now you're expanding your line, going into the vineyard market as well. So you acquired VMAC. I remember seeing them uh, before the acquisition, and their equipment is fantastic. And it saves a lot of money from hand pruning and things like that. Can you talk a little bit about why you guys did that strategically and maybe what that benefit is for a grower as well? Sure. Yeah, the um, VMEC is, you know, they're, they're a great little company, uh, pretty much in their startup phase when, when we purchased them back in June. Um, but, you know, we're always looking for technology and, uh, you know, anything that you can do out in the farming world where you can reduce hand labor and you can bring machinery in, especially the, you know, high repetitive um, 
type of hand labor. You know, anybody that's out there pruning uh, grape vineyards all day long, uh, you know, it's a tough job, right? Yeah. So if you can bring in machinery and reduce that hand labor, I mean, that that's really why we, we like VMEC. Uh, their equipment's very well engineered. Um, it was very well built. And part of the reason that we also wanted it, you know, as a company, we look for product diversity. So we've been, you know, a major player in the tomato industry for a long time. We're, we're in our third for the most part, our third season of pistachio. And so now we're just, we're getting into another area, which is grapes. Very nice. So with, how do you guys have anything yet that really shows what that ROI is moving from that hand labor in, you know, my past life, I like to say, I uh, worked in efficiency and farming technology and it, there's a lot of savings to be had when you can remove hand farming from the field and really move it to mechanicalized and mechanized agriculture. What have, what have you guys seen in that? And then what's been the response that you've had um, with growers? I'm sure it's different from wine grape growers to table grape growers. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the, the biggest thing that we do when we go out, you know, and you show, show a new grower, you know, what this machine do is it, it, it's the savings that they can have over the hand labor. So, when we, we've done a lot of our trials, you know, most of the growers can save about three to $600 an acre on their pruning cost. And so depending on how many acres they're doing, um, you know, they, they can look at an ROI. Some of these guys can pay them off in as little as 18 months when they buy, uh, when they buy the BMAC chariot. So depends on how many acres, but, um, you know, it, it's doing two things. It, it's not only is it bringing them savings, but it's also allowing them to get through their acres pretty quick not have to rely on the hand labor coming in. You know, there's been labor shortages in California the last few years. And, uh, you know, a machine doesn't uh, doesn't call in sick, right? There's no, uh, uh, there's no worker comp issues, you know, with a piece of equipment. So, you know, not only do we show them the labor savings, but we also show them just the dependability of the, the VMAC chariot as well. Pistachios, it's your first year, or sorry, your third year going into pistachio harvest. And so what have you seen inside that market? I'm guessing you guys have learned a lot as you've probably took the world by storm coming out and becoming a really big competitor in that market. And I've seen you guys have just in the last 12 months, it has advanced that product drastically. When I look at the specs behind it, it's an unbelievable piece of equipment you guys have put on the market. Um, you know, what have you guys seen from growers coming back to you using that piece of equipment? Uh, we've learned a lot. Um, you know, the last three years, it's um, it's been fun, uh, not only to bring the product or the, the, the equipment to market, but also to work with our growers on how to improve the equipment. Um, you know, one of the things that we do with our engineering team is, you know, we, we put them out with our customers. We want to hear from our customers what they like and what they don't like about the equipment and, and make improvements from there. And so we've, we've done a lot of things. We've modified um, some of our equipment, you know, as we're, as we're, you know, trying to, trying to make that evolution of the equipment. But, you know, one of the, one of the things that, um, that we have done is that we, we now design every single piece of equipment. So when we first started, you know, we were doing the shaker receiver and a bolt mm -hmm. cart. Well, now we have the entire line. So we have the elevators, um, we have the bank outs, um, bin carts, things like that. Um, and now this year, this was the final kind of the final, uh, season for adding equipment on. So now we added on the air conditioned cabs to all of our equipment as well. So you can either buy open air or you can buy air conditioned cabs. I prefer air conditioned cab, but yeah, you know, I'm sure every, every worker in the own. field in harvest season when it's 105 year in the Valley prefers the air conditioned cab. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's probably now been the best added feature for every worker out there driving it. And so, um, with that, I mean, I see, I've heard from a little birdie that it's taken about a thousand hours to make one tomato harvester. Do you have that same type of hands-on with making harvesters for pistachios as well? 
Yeah, it's not it's not that much, um, but it's uh, it's still pretty high. Um, I think about the highest one that we get up is about seven hundred hours on on a piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, the tomato harvester, you know, that's a pretty uh, pr- pretty complicated machine and just a big machine uh, in itself too. But um, you know, our uh, uh, the re- shaker receiver side of the pistachio equipment, you know, it, it's a little more complex, and and so that those those are pretty advanced pieces of equipment as well. Do you have any uh, new technology that might be coming out on either the tomato harvester or the pistachio um, sets at all for next year? Um, you know, we we do um, kind of like everybody else. You know, everybody's getting into you know driverless uh, machinery, and uh, you know the more AI you can have on equipment, you know the better off you are. And so we are working on some projects with that. We have some third party companies that we're contracted with where we're trying to get some of that technology brought into uh, into our our equipment line. Uh, probably the biggest one that we have going right now is that we will we have a new tomato sorter that's coming out next year, um, and so we worked with a with a third party on that, and so it, it's a true um, you know AI sorter with uh, with new camera technology on it, and uh, and it does a lot of features that. Um, talking about earlier about how we go out and we meet with our growers. So this is grower driven. So we've gone out and we ask growers, what features do you want on your, on your tomato sorting machines? And so, you know, guys want data collection, they want GPS, they want to, you know, be able to, uh, they want to be able to control them remotely, you know, with an app and things like that. So we're going to customer speak. We want to deliver what they ask for. Nice. And you guys have a full engineering team in-house uh, just right here in Madera, correct? We do. Yeah. We currently have a, have a, a four-man engineering team. Um, we also bring in some temporaries when, when need be. And, and we farm out a little bit of our technology sometimes whenever we need additional help or, you know, we need expertise in a certain area. But, uh, but no, all the equipment, like all of our pistachio equipment, is all, has all been designed in-house 100%. Nice. So with coming on as the CEO and president of Westside Equipment now, so most of your job and most of your career has been built in really the farming side for large corporations. Is this kind of your first, correct me if I'm wrong, like uh, private equity fund that has bought companies that you've came in and managed for? This is my second go with private equity. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this one a lot better than the first one I did. Um, but um, yeah, and, and for me, you know, coming out of the corporate side, you know, w- one of the nice things about being with some of the large corporate farming companies is that, you know, you, you end up with uh, your hands in a lot of buckets, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I was at Grimway, I was in charge of, uh, uh, you know, like a lot of our shops. We built a lot of our own equipment. So, you know, I, I was able to get my hands kind of wet with, you know, building equipment back then. And so, you know, it, it, I did farming for the most part. But just being part of a big corporation, you know, you get to touch a lot of areas. What do you think now? Did you go to Fresno State or were you Cal Poly? Where'd you go? No, uh, uh, Cal State Bakersfield. So Cal State I, yeah, I'm a business management major. Okay. So, so for the younger audience listening, um, do you feel like there was anything you did in college that has really propelled you to where you're at in your career now? I mean, you've, you've hit a lot of these milestones. Your resume is extremely impressive. You've had a lot of great success in your career. What do you think really propelled you kind of coming out of CSU Bakersfield um, to really get to where you are now? Well, I, I would say two things. One, if if you kind of wanted to to do my path, you know, I, I would I would have somebody actually go get a true ag degree. Um, mine was a little unique. I mean, I grew up on a farm. I grew up with a grandfather that farmed. Um, you know, so I had plenty of farm experience, right? So then I was trying to get business management experience, which is why I went that route. Mm-hmm. But um, you know. Fresno State, you know, you can't say enough good things about their program. Cal Poly, you can't say enough good things about their program either, you know. So to me, that's where I would start, you know, get your degree and, uh, you know, you can get those summer intern jobs uh, working on the farms and, you know, and just jump in. 
you got your PhD from growing up on a farm and ass whooping then, right? Grandpa, dad were over I did. there. I you did. Know, every yeah. time you messed up, they made sure you knew. Yeah. Yeah. Grant, you know, one thing about family is that they're not the easiest on you. So you learn quick. Good. Uh, do you guys have any internship opportunities for students at Westside? We do. Um, and, and we do a couple different things. We, we always have an intern for our engineering program. Um, and then we also, um, from a field standpoint, we bring in a lot of service techs that, that typically are college kids. And, and we train them up to where they can actually work on the, uh, on the tomato sorters. And they go out in the field and they, they do inspections on those, make sure that they're running right. But it's a good way, you know, it's a good entry point to get in. Um, that way they get, they get some real live field experience, um, you know, and we, we pay them. Uh, it's a long summer. Uh, they make good money. And the reason they make good money is that they work a lot of hours. Um, but it's a good experience. And, and we do some other things, too. We, we've brought in some sales associates and things like that. But really that service tech side and our engineering side are, are the two that we, we constantly do every year. I know that you've only been at Westside for three years, correct? Correct. Have you had anyone that's been part of that internship program that now is still with the company and um, really been able to grow with the company since? You know, the last one that we had was a, an engineer. Um, he started off as an intern, and then following his internship, he actually worked for us for about a year, and then he went back into actual hands-on farming. So he went back and got a job as a farm manager, and he's, he's working for uh, one of our customers now as a farm manager. So good, good relationship with him as well. I bet he's the one that's not calling the 24-7 service supply, right? Because he already knows how to fix everything, <laughs> He knows hopefully. how to fix it, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, so yeah. he's just going to all the parts stores and getting what he needs for the day. Absolutely, yeah. So now that we're kind of coming to an end here in tomato harvesting season, uh, what have you seen? I'm sure you're always up to date in the tomato market as it's a huge portion of your business. What have you seen for this year? Kind of what are we looking at into next year, maybe on contracts? Is the market going to stay strong? Yeah, it, you know, 2023 has just been an, an incredible year. You know, pricing was up, you know, 138 a ton, you know, uh, so farmers were able to make good money this year. Um, we're seeing it, uh, you know, guys are buying a lot of parts, um, you know, sales are good from that standpoint. And it's, um, you know, and, and it's also lending trends towards 2024 already. You know, we're getting early orders in for equipment for 2024. So it's been a good season. Um, I think we landed at about 246,000 acres, uh, which is up from 2022. 2022 was about 228,000 acres. So market's up from that standpoint. Production is up. That always helps us, you know, being a supplier. And right now they're they're saying that 2024 is looking pretty strong as well. So they're, they're thinking it's going to be above 230,000 acres. So another good strong year. Um, too early to really know where price is going to be. But, you know, things look good so far. And we, we really kind of measure a lot of that by how early we start getting orders in for equipment for 2024. And we're, we're about 25% ahead of 2023 at this time. So things look good. We're, we're excited about 2024. So sell out quickly is, is the hope, right? Yeah, that's what we always hope for. You know, we only order so many engines for equipment, and we hope to sell them out every year. And, and things are looking strong to be able to do that this year. You guys also, it's not just new equipment too. I remember I was over at your guys' place and you guys do a lot of uh, retrofit and revamping some old equipment because it's so hard to continuously make, you know, so many tomato harvesters throughout the year. Is that a big portion of the business? And what does that look like if a grower wants to use it? It is. There's there's about 500 of our tomato harvesters out um, working, you know, in California. And, um, you know, you, you think about a tomato harvester that's down in the dirt, you know, digging in the dirt and with all the tomato juice coming across, all that acidic tomato juice. So, you know, there's there's a lot of rebuilds that have to be that has to be done on this equipment every year. So, you know, we we do that. We offer that service to our customers. They can bring it in and 
we will do anything from, you know, just putting a new belted chain on it to stripping it all the way down to the frame and rebuilding it. And this last year, we, we did kind of a, a big array of that. We had guys that would come in and we'd throw a couple new belts on and away they would go. And we had two harvesters that we took down to the frame and then completely rebuilt them. So, but it, but it is a service that we offer. And, and uh, you know, for us as a company, it's good business. So I think the audience always loves to understand who you are as a CEO. A lot of times we see CEOs and what I've learned from you is that you're on the ground with a lot of your team members. You have a great team in place, but you're really an involved CEO at all levels and understanding the business. But I mean, who is Robert? What, what is the enjoyment on the weekends? Do you enjoy, I see you're a wine drinker. So do you enjoy that Napa Valley wine tasting on the weekend or uh, going over to San Luis Obispo? What does that look like for you? I, I do. My, my wife and I are both uh, both big uh, red wine drinkers. So we, we enjoy going over to Paso and we enjoy going to Napa. Um, but my weekends are typically spent, uh, at Shaver Lake. We have a, we have a house there. And, uh, so that's, that's our weekend. Uh, you know, after a long stressful week, it's fun to go get up in the mountains and, uh, sit on the patio with a glass of wine and unwind. Do you guys have a boat up there too then? We do. Yeah. Yeah. No. We, we love it up there. Nice. It's, it's a, that is one thing I will say. It's a choppy lake though. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm on the ocean out there a yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, do you guys wake surf or wakeboard or anything like that? Or you got the pontoon and you're just cruising with a glass of wine? Yeah. I, I, I now enjoy uh, a glass of wine and cruising around the lake. So um, it's uh, my days of wakeboarding or, or maybe, maybe slipping behind me. I've, I've heard uh, a little birdie said that you also are into some pickleball. Oh, I do love pickleball. That's uh, we we our our house here in Fresno. We live right next to uh, one of the one of the um, Sierra Racket Club with the pickleball courts. So, uh, and and I'm one of those guys when I get into something, you know, I go all in. You know, so I, I got to have you know my two paddles and my bag and all that kind of stuff, right? So uh, that's kind of been our, our new little hobby. So if we if we're in town, uh, that's what that's where you'll find us is on the pickleball court on the weekends. Do you have a tournament team out there? Some groups that you normally play and, and you uh, throw the money on the table and usually win or what's the situation out yeah, there? Yeah, we, we just, uh, you know, we have a couple other uh, couple friends that, you know, we, we go play on the weekends and, and typically it's more about who buys the beer after the, after the round. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully uh, you're at a good bar over there in Fresno. I, I just went down for my first time. I checked out Nikki's place if you've never been. I've not been. It's, uh, been. it's down in like Easton almost and it was the most okay. interesting bar I've ever been to. <laughs> I think I got questioned by every farmer in the entire city when I walked in. But uh, there's some great little like hole in the wall bars out there too. Yeah. So hopefully next time you get to try something new down there in Fresno or go to Easton, go to somewhere just different. But with a constant evolving um, equipment landscape, farming landscape, I think California agriculture is just drastically going to see a change here. And this last year we've seen it. Um, we're going to continue to see it as farming and operation costs continue to get high and go higher as, you know, our um, cost of goods continue to go lower of what we're selling on commodity markets. Um, what do you think like farmers can use or help to be informed when they're making decisions on buying equipment for next year? Well, you know, I think, I think a lot of it is, um, you know, it's really market demand, right? So, you know, you, you look at what's out there, you know, I mentioned that 2024, you know, they're looking to put a lot of tomato acres back in, um, you know, we've seen, we've seen the pistachio market, you know, has softened a little bit, but, 
Um, you know, we, we hear that exports are, are starting to increase. And so, you know, we, we hear volumes are starting to move again. Um, you know, so as these guys look at the, you know, look at all the USDA reports and, and pistachio reports that come out, you know, they, they should be keying off of, you know, what the future looks like. Um, you know, and, and that's what we do as a company. You know, we, we get, we have our subscriptions to all the reporting companies, right? And so that's what we're doing in the future. You know, we're, we're looking out, you know, to see what's coming our way and what does the industry look like and how is it shaping up in the years to come. And then, you know, the other thing is, um, you know, the, the financing, right? We've, we've seen fi- we've seen interest, right, just kind of shoot through the roof in the last year. Um, but, you know, but there's still some pretty good companies out there. We partner with, uh, with two different companies that, you know, offer long-term lending, you know, as well. And so for these guys to be able to go out, you know, and use that as a source, right? There, there's, good, there's good lending companies that are out there that'll, that'll um, you know, do long-term lending rates on some of this equipment too. So they don't just have to be completely cash outlaid, you know, their first year. This equipment's not cheap, you know. No equipment is really cheap anymore, no. right? And but for some of these guys that can get good, decent financing, you know, and finance uh, equipment over three, five years, you know, it helps them out significantly as well. With twenty four seven service now, so I know it's something you guys offer in inside harvest season. So it's not typically outside of the harvest season. That's kind of a seasonal thing, from my understanding of the business. What does that look like for a grower? So they're calling Robert directly, right, at two in the morning. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Uh, and they say, hey, my tomato harvester is down. Uh-huh. Uh, Robert, I need you out here in woodland. Jump jump in the truck. Yeah. Is yeah. that what it looks like for a grower? Or what does yeah, that look like? Yeah, except my phone doesn't ring at two o'clock in the morning for some reason. I don't know. That do not disturb <laughs> button goes off. But no, what we do is when the harvest kicks in, and for us, harvest typically kicks in around the around the Fourth of July, and it normally goes through the end of October. During that time frame, our sales staff and our part staff and our mechanics are all on call twenty four seven. Now we do a rotational deal with everybody and stuff, but you know, if, if we have a customer that breaks down at two o'clock in the morning, there is somebody to answer the phone. And if they need a part, we will meet them at one of our warehouses, one of our stores, and we will get them a part. We'll also deliver the part to them because we do deliver 85% of our parts that we sell, we deliver. Um, and then the same thing, they can get a mechanic at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, just this year, we had a we had a big customer of ours. They, they burned an engine up uh, right about 1 o'clock in the morning. And at 6 a.m., we had a brand-new engine in that harvester, and they were up and running. And so that, that's something that we offer. And, you know, that, that's not something that I started with the business. It's something that the original founder started, but it is a model that we've kept. Um, we're doing it on our pistachio line and we'll do it in our VMAC line as well. Cause we, we think it's one of the, one of the keys that makes our company different than anybody that's out there. So you say it makes you guys different. Is there anything else that sets you guys apart um, from any other competitors out there, whether it be in the pistachio market or the tomato market, really uh, Westside Equipment is like the um, harvesting company for that. But is there anything that sets you apart from all your competitors out there? You know, I think I think one of the things that, that we've really keyed in on is making equipment that is very workable. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, we, we've stuck with, you know, very, very standardized equipment. We run a John Deere engine, we wrote Proclaim wheel motors, you know, things that are, things that are commonplace. We're a very hydraulic driven piece of equipment. So we didn't put a lot of electronics on there. There's not a lot of computers, things like that. So, you know, we can take a basic field mechanic, can take, take one of our pieces of equipment apart in the field and put it back together, you know, without having to bring out a laptop and, and do things like that. So we've tried to keep it to where, you know, it's just raw horsepower and hydraulics that keep these things running through the field. And it seems like it's simple enough where uh, companies that have shop managers and, and technicians inside can take care of a lot of their repairs themselves. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we take care of all the warranty work with our team and our mechanics and stuff. But, you know, once you're past the warranty period, you know, most most companies, they want to work on their own equipment, you know, and it's kind of like uh, we were talking about the other day in one of our meetings. It's kind of like an older John Deere tractor, right? You know, the old John Deere tractors, you know, you could tighten the belts on them, you could pull the alternator off, you know, you know, things of that nature. So we've tried to keep it simple, uh, keeping that in mind that, you know, most of the mechanics that are out there in the field really are not, you know, pulling out a pulling out a laptop, you know, and plugging it into a sensor bank or anything like that, you know. So if you can make it workable and you can keep these guys with a what what we call uptime, you know, where that equipment is never down in the field, that's our goal. Perfect. Well, I appreciate your time today. I mean, I think uh, growers listening to the podcast and anyone will really see that um, you, the whole company, really has a grower-driven approach to everything that you guys do with everything you're developing in the future, with everything you guys have developed, making sure that things are simple. Maybe it won't be the flashiest with a computer going in it and having to check for diagnostics, but it's simple for growers to use and it keeps them moving in the field raw horsepower. And so, you know, today I just want to have a toast with you to uh, future growth of Westside Equipment as you guys continue to expand everything that you guys do. And uh, thank you again for coming on. And a yep. toast to you, my friend. All right. Thank you. I'm alive.